0: risen, redeeming, and returning, Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. I greet you this Thursday morning with Jesus joy. We are so excited and so grateful and thankful to have this opportunity to connect with you on this Thursday for another edition of the Thursday morning New Testament Word Walk. I want to invite you now to join us. Let's get ready to dive into the Word of God We've got a very exciting lesson as we are continuing in our study of the book of Colossians, operating under the theme, Developing Kingdom People. Uh, We began this study last week looking at the first 20 verses of chapter one. Um, Today, we're going to wrap up chapter one and move right into the first few verses of chapter two as we continue in our discussion of kingdom prayers, kingdom preeminence, and kingdom priorities. I pray and trust by now that you've got your study material ready. You've downloaded the handout for the lesson. If you have last week's handout, it's the same handout for this week's lesson as we get ready to walk through the Word of God together. But before we get started, as always, let's take a moment to pray and invite God's presence and power among us as we walk through His Word. Pray with me now, if you will. Heavenly Father, we come before you now telling you, thank you, God, for this day that you blessed us to see. Thank you, God, for our lives that you're blessing us to enjoy. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love toward us. How you continue to look beyond every one of our faults and still continue to supply every one of our needs. God, I thank you now for this opportunity to come before your people and share your word with your people. Now, God, I'm asking you right now to allow your word to come to life to me today. And as you allow your word to come to life to me today, allow me to present it to your people that it may become life to them. I thank you for this chance and we praise you for every chance. Have your way with us in here. Give us clarity of speech and thought as we seek to rightly divide your word. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen to god be all of the glory listen we are certainly glad to have this opportunity to be back with you again and so we're going to dive right in we left off last week uh looking at verses 13 through 20 of chapter 1 where we dealt with the preeminence of christ the preeminence of Christ. We we said uh, that the word preeminence simply means that we are superior to, or it is superior to, or it is surpassing all others. We said when we talked about preeminence or the preeminence of Christ, we're basically saying that Christ is superior in who he is. And he surpasses all based on his ability or what he does. You remember last week, I left you with five ways that Christ was preeminent. Christ is superior. Christ surpasses all others. We said last week that he was preeminent in his purchase. Uh, verse, Verse 13 reminds us that he rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of God. We were under the rule of Satan, but through Christ, we have redemption. We are redeemed. We are bought back from sin and Satan and brought into a right relationship with God. Then we said last week that Christ was preeminent in his person. Remember we said in verse 15 that Christ was the image of God. And we and I don't believe I shared this with you. If I did, it'll just be a good reminder. The word "image" in the uh, Greek simply means a perfect replica, which simply means that Christ is a perfect replica of God. He was there in the beginning. Genesis one twenty six lets us know that He was there in the beginning. And so because he was there in the beginning, he has the power to continue to be who he is. Um, He's both God and both man. Mm. He's both God and both man. Here is one man who in the human state can be thirsty and need water, but in the godly state can control winds and seas with just a word. That is the preeminence of Christ in his person. Thirdly, we said last week that Christ was preeminent in his position. He is the firstborn of all creation. That means nothing was created before him. And John one tells us without him, nothing was made in so many words. He was there in the beginning. And because he was there in the beginning, he was firstborn over all creation. We then said that he was the firstborn from the dead. I'm thinking about something my dad used to say all the time. Jesus Christ is the only one who made tracks on the other side of the grave. He's the only one that lived, died, and then lived again. And then, thirdly, we said that he is the head of the church in his position firstborn over all creation, firstborn over the dead, and then the head of the church. We must remember that as kingdom people, we belong to him. He is in charge of us. And because of that, he is never to take second place in our lives. He should always have the preeminence, the superior spot, the first place. He should surpass any and everything in our lives as kingdom people. Fourthly, we said last week that Christ was preeminent in his power. Mm -hmm. Everything was created by him. Everything was created by him. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, the word was God, the same in the beginning as it was with God. And then it comes on about to verse 14 and says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. It should easily come to understand now that the Word is actually a person. The Word is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was Christ. Christ was God, and Christ was with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, nothing that has been made could have been made. In Him was light and the light was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. The Word is Jesus Christ. And then we wrapped up last week talking about his preeminence because of his ability to provide. God reconciled all things unto himself, which is a perfect segue, a perfect beginning for us to dive into what we're gonna talk about today. Because in today's lesson, we're going to talk about how Christ's reconciliation helps us to set proper priorities for our lives as kingdom people. If you're gonna operate in the kingdom, you've gotta operate with kingdom priorities. You just can't do it your way when you want to, whenever you want to, however you want to. It don't work like that, beloveds. We must do it God's way, amen? So let's dive right in this morning. I wanna begin by first of all dealing with that word reconcile that's recorded in verse 20. And then we're gonna see it again uh, in verse 21 in the King James Version, verse 22 in the English Standard Version, uh, which we will use for our time of study today. That word, reconciled, when you see reconcile in verse 20, look at this now, you see it in verse 20 as the word reconcile. And then we will see it in verse 22 as the word reconciled, past tense, all right? We see it in the presence in verse 20 in verse 22 and verse 21 as well from the king james version we see it in the past tense all right this is a very important message that we must understand as it relates to our relationship with our striving to obtain kingdom priorities and walk things out as believers here is a word that i need you to hold on to as christian believers We ought strive more for maturity in the kingdom. We got to strive to be more mature. You know, Paul says to the Corinthian church, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I, 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 I thought as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I had to realize that the first thing I had to do was put away childish things. People of God, if you're going to mature as a kingdom believer, you gotta first learn how to put away some things. You gotta first learn how to put some things in proper priority. So I wanna begin there. Let me begin there by first of all, let's take a look real quick at Colossians chapter one verses 21 through 23. Let's begin there. Let's let's start there as we dive in to this section of our study entitled Kingdom Priorities. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Colossians chapter one, verses 21 through 23. English Standard Version says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, immediately, beloveds, what I need us to see here is that Paul begins to make sure that the Colossian believers understand where they once were compared to where they are now. He says in verse 21, you were once alienated. You separated yourselves. You were hostile. You were loose. You were loose cannons in your thinking. And because your thinking was so loose, it caused you to find yourself doing evil deeds. In other words, because of the way we think sometimes, we can often find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. We were hostile toward God. We were alienated from God in our minds our thought processes, the way we used to think, and the way we used to act governed the way we used to think rather, governed the way we used to act. That's what verse 21 is saying. But Paul says, there has been a change. There has been some adjustments, all right? There has been some adjustments. What has the adjustment that has taken place? we have now been reconciled. In other words, our thoughts, our actions, and our attitudes have now finally begun to get on one accord. The word reconciliation speaks of the fact of man's relationship with God being restored. That's the first thing that needs to take place if we're going to be kingdom people. We got to first make sure that our minds are shifted back to God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant. In other words, there has got to be a renewing of the mind. Isn't that what the word of God says? Romans 12. Verse two says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed. How do you do it? You've got to reinstate. You've got to reinstall. There needs to be a refresh. There needs to be a a, a refocusing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have been reconciled, we have been restored to a right relationship with God. And how was it done? Verse 22 says, it was done in the body of flesh by his death. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, maturity has taken a place Because it has taken place rather because man is now brought back to a right relationship with God through the death of Jesus Christ. Which brings me to the first point that I want to make sure that we see um, in today's lesson. Point number A under point number three of the lesson, letter A. We must understand that because we have been reconciled. We have been restored. We have a right relationship with God. We may not be perfect, but we are striving for perfection. In other words, we now have a new direction. We now have a new focus. We now have a shift in our lives, in our thinking, in our thought process, in our actions. We strive to do it in a way that brings glory and not shame to the name of God. In other words, people of God, as kingdom people, we've got to stop trying to be perfect and strive for perfection. You remember a few, few Sundays ago, I taught on this and making sure that we understand that we need to put more of our energy into perfecting instead of trying to perfect or to be perfect. In other words, every day of my life, I'm striving to get a little bit better. I'm striving to be more like him. I'm striving to develop my kingdom attitude, my kingdom atmosphere, my kingdom action. I just tied Old Testament in with New Testament. We got to understand that in order to do that, we've gotta be restored to God. And that avenue has been set for restoration. The avenue for restoration comes through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because verse 22 says, it is through his death, we are presented to God, holy, blameless, and above reproach, all right? But now here's the thing that catches my attention, beloved. Did you not see that according to verse 23, in order for us to do that, maturity not only requires reaction on the part of Christ, it also requires some responsibility on our part. There's some things we got to do. First 23 says that we must continue in the faith. Once you get started on the right track, stay on the right track. Stay so focused, stay so faithful, stay so connected to God that nothing deters you from doing the things that bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord. God, every day of my life, help me to continue in the faith. Help me to stay stable. Help me to remain steadfast. Verse 23, look at it. Not shifting from the hope of the gospel. Maturity is a means of responsibility. It's not all on God, we got a part in it. And if we're going to develop as kingdom people, kingdom people have got to watch their focus. You got to watch your words. You got to watch your actions. You got to watch who you hang with. You got to watch who hangs with you. You got to be careful of what you allow to be fed into your spirit. You got to be careful of, of, of situations that can cause more harm and good to your thought process. You've got to feed your faith. And in feeding your faith, you are then able to starve your doubt. We are not shifting from the hope of the gospel that we've heard. Why? That gospel has been proclaimed in all creation. It's all for our good. It's all for to make us better. The word of God is there to keep us stable to keep us steadfast. The Word of God is there to catch us so that we will stay right instead of going left. The Word of God is there to keep us focused so we don't mess up and make mistakes. That's why the Word of God is so important. That's why the Word of God is so crucial in our lives. We must keep the Word feeding our minds feeding our hearts. The word of God says, thy word, his word. Have we hidden our hearts that we might not what? Sin against God. We have been reconciled. We've been brought back to a right relationship with God. So since we've been brought back into a right relationship with God, we need to strive every day of our lives to keep that relationship strong. We gotta strive every day of our lives to stay focused, on that amen amen we got to stay focused on it paul continues by showing us in the word of god how this is possible let's look at it let's look at it let's look at it verses 24 through 29 verses 24 through the end of the chapter of colossians chapter 1. let's take a look at it and let's see how it is done colossians 1 beginning at verse 24 paul says this but now revealed to his saints. Verse 27, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In him, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone, there it is, mature in Christ for this toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. See, see Paul says, look, everything that I'm doing and I'm setting out to do and I'm striving to do is to benefit you, the church. Look at it there. Verse 24, he says, everything, all of my sufferings, all of my afflictions in this body, I am rejoicing because everything that I am encountering is basically for the sake of the body of Christ. It is before the it is for rather the church. All right. Now, look. In verse 23, Paul had just finished telling us about the person and the work of Christ, all right? Because his whole aim in the writing of Colossians was to help the Christian church, the Christian believer, stay strong in the midst of the heresies and the false teachings that were coming. We're gonna deal with that next week when we dive into chapter two, those areas of false teaching that were rising up among the church of Colossians. So here we have come to understand, Paul has basically made it known, all right, that when we get to verse 21, we were once alienated. We were enemies in our minds, right? So you'll notice that in verses 20 through 23, Paul is basically telling them where they once were before they were reconciled. All right. So now in verse 24, when he gets to verse 24, he basically is giving, if you will, some some proof, some foundational teaching based on his own suffering. He wants believers to be filled with what's necessary for spiritual maturity, for spiritual development. If you are going to be A kingdom believer, Paul says, we must be willing to understand that there is going to be some suffering involved. Mm hmm. There's going to be some suffering involved. Why, Paul? Paul says the suffering prepares us for what's coming. What's coming? Verse 26, he says, it is defined as the mystery of Christ. Point number number B under number three of our handout, the mystery of Christ. Well, what is the mystery of Christ, Paul? Help us understand what the mystery of Christ is. Well, according to verses 26 through 29, he basically shows us what the mystery is he says in verse 26 that this mystery has been hidden for ages it's been hidden for generations but now it has been revealed what is it that has been revealed verse 27 says that the mystery that has been revealed is that first of all number one under point b christ dwells in every believer. Christ dwells in every believer. God chose to make known how great he is, his preeminence, his superiority among the Gentiles by simply saying those who have accepted me and acknowledge me as Lord and Savior I in them, they in me. Mm-hmm. Christ dwells in us. And because Christ dwells in us, number two under letter B, we should then become the reflection of Christ in our character, in our conduct, in our attitude, and even in our actions. In other words, people need to see that Christ lives in us and he lives in us by the way we carry ourselves. Mm -hmm. Verse 28, we proclaim that, warning everybody, teaching everybody with all wisdom so that we can present ourselves mature. In other words, when people come in contact with you and you claim to be a Christian, they ought to see it by more than just your words. They ought to see it in your actions. They ought to see it in your attitude. They ought to see it in how you deal with everyday situations. They ought to see how you walk, your everyday walk, your, your, your activity every day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Turn with me real quick to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter five, let's, let's read verses 11 through 14. Hebrews chapter five, verse 11 through 14. Look at this, look at what Paul, look at what the writer of the Hebrew says, beginning at verse 11. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. But though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of god you need milk not solid food verse 13 for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child verse 14 is what i've been trying to get to but solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I need to read verse 14 again. Solid food is for the mature. And how do we know the mature from the immature? The The mature have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. That means that through all that you go through, through all that you encounter, through all that you encounter, it's designed to make you stronger in your walk, in your faith, in your action, in your reaction with God. Can I make it live this morning? Please allow me to make it live. If little insignificant things in church keep you out of church, if people hurting your feelings stop you from serving God, If people hurting you, I often hear people talk about that. You know, they stop going to church because they've been hurt by the church. Let me tell somebody, the church don't hurt you. The church is Christ, the church don't hurt you, but there can be some people in the church that can hurt you. Hello, somebody. Church folk can hurt, but the church will never hurt. It's all in the way we view things with our minds, amen, amen, amen. Verse 28 says that everything, verse 29 says the same thing, our toil, our struggle helps us to reflect Christ. Point number three under letter B, the reflection of Christ should be seen in the world around us. They should see how we carry ourselves and maintain focus excuse me, they should see how we stay focused and faithful despite people acting fickle and funny. They should see us continue to press our way even though people are putting pressure on us. That's the thing that shows the light and the life of Christ operating in us. Which brings us to the fourth point because when the world sees that, look at what happens. The world is drawn closer to God. The world is drawn closer to God. People see how we carry ourselves in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our toils, and they see how we continue to smile, how we continue to serve, how we continue to go. I'm hurting, but I'm pushing. I'm in pain, but I'm pressing. I'm thanking God that things are as well as they are because I realize they could be much worse. And when I do that, then people see how closely I am developing to be more like him. Which brings me to the last thing that I wanna deal with in today's time, in, in this time of sharing today. We dive right into chapter two. And in the first three verses of chapter two, Paul continues in this message of how we should carry ourselves as it relates to struggling while serving, as it relates to keeping kingdom priority even when we are under pressure. Let's look at the first three verses of Colossians chapter two and then we're gonna close for today. Colossians chapter two, verses one, two, and three. The word of God says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Verse 3, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and and knowledge. Paul begins in verse one, as you see it there, he begins in verse one by saying, look, I want to make sure that my love for the church is not just limited to you all at Colossae. It's gonna go to people that I have never met. Mm, He wants them to understand the fullness of the gospel. All right, it's in Christ, he says. In Christ, hearts are encouraged. We are knit together in love. We reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. What is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Paul is basically saying here, look, I need you to realize that the secret to this thing is no longer a secret. What is it, Paul? We need to know Christ on a personal level. I wanna say that again. We need to know Christ on a personal level. May I say it one more time? We need to know Christ on a personal level. We need to know who he is. And then once we know who he is, how does he fit within our lives? There are two words in verses two and three that really stand out that I want to spend my closing moments today diving into. They are wisdom and knowledge. We must operate and serve God and serve as kingdom people. In wisdom and knowledge. And I think I ought to preface that by saying godly wisdom, godly knowledge. All right. Letter letter C, point number one under letter C. Knowledge is the understanding or the apprehension of truth. Once I get it, that's, that's basically what knowledge is. Knowledge is basically saying, I got it. All right. When we use the word truth there, we remember now truth is a person. So when we talk about the apprehension of truth, we're talking about Jesus Christ, the apprehension of Christ. Knowledge says I have him. I have got him. I finally understand. I caught it. Okay. I know him. He knows me. Paul said that that was his his prime goal. Did he not say that? That I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. To be basically complete in him. Kingdom people must realize that your top priority is to know the king. You can't operate in the kingdom. You can't seek the kingdom until you first have knowledge of the king. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that really gives us understanding of what Jesus meant when Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the other things will be added unto you. So we gotta make sure that we got it. Kingdom people seek every day of their lives. To know God in a stronger, realer, truer way. God, every day of my life, I need you to open up your truth to me. Allow me to learn something today that I didn't know yesterday. Amen. That's really what we're saying. Kingdom priorities basically says, I don't know it all. So I'm not going to try to walk around and carry myself like I know it all. Instead, I'm going to ask God to help me to stay so focused so that I can see new truth. I can see nuggets of wisdom that I may not have known before. Knowledge is the apprehension of truth. But then wisdom is the second thing that we see in verse three. Verse three, uh, 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 Paul tells the Colossian Church, in our knowledge of Christ, it's in Christ that we find hidden all the treasures of knowledge, the apprehension of truth, and wisdom, the application of truth. In other words, it's one thing for me to have it, but what good is in me having it if I don't know how to use it? Amen. Amen. That's almost like having a car out in the yard and I've got keys to that car, but I don't know how to drive that car. What good is that car to me? Amen. Or let's take it a step further. I've got keys. I've got the car. I may even know how to drive, but I don't have anything keeping fuel in it. Have no gas in it. How far am I getting? Nowhere. What good is it for us to have the church talk? and to have the church look, but don't have the church in us. You're not gonna get anywhere, amen. So once we have Christ in us, every day of our lives, we need to strive to ask God to show us how to apply his kingdom principles in our lives so that people will not only hear it, but will see him in us and will be drawn closer to him. That's what the word means when the word says that we must let our lights so shine before men that they may see our good works. And instead of giving us credit, they give him glory. And how do they do that? They see us doing it. Once you know how to do it, you do it. Once you have Christ, you need to let Christ work on the inside of you. And so we're gonna stop there and and come to a stopping point in today's lesson. Next week, we're gonna pick up with verse four of chapter two and travel through chapter two as we begin to see how Paul teaches them how to apply their knowledge of Christ against some of the heresies or the false teachings that had risen up in their day and in their time. We're gonna take a look next week at four false teachings that the Colossian Christians had to constantly battle and encounter that caused some to fall away. And Paul is gonna share with them next week as we look at chapter two, how they are to deal, how they should respond, and how they should understand what those heresies are and what they must do to overcome them. I promise you, it's gonna be a very powerful and insightful lesson on next week. And of course, as always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, as we've taken a look at Colossians 1, verses 21, through chapter two, verse three. Please be kind enough to place those questions in the comment section. We'll be more than happy to see your questions and respond accordingly. We are behind the scenes this Thursday uh, morning and evening. So by all means, drop your questions in the comment section, we will see your questions and we will be found answering your questions to the best of our ability. Beloveds, as always, it's been my great joy to share with you the word of God. I pray and trust that this message, this lesson today has been a source of help, a source of health, a source of inspiration, as well as information as it relates to our walk as kingdom people. Beloveds, Christ must be first in every area of our lives. And for that cause, I would dare close this Bible study without giving somebody the opportunity to make Christ first in your life. How must I do it? How can I do it? Well, here's what the word of God says. Romans chapter 10 verse nine says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and will believe in your heart that God have raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall never be put to shame. If you realize today that you don't know this Jesus, if you realize today that he is not first in your life and you wanna begin to set your priority straight so that things can begin to flow correctly in your life, things can begin to flow in order, in godly order, in supernatural order, in the order of blessing, I wanna give you an opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ in your life. All you gotta do is come before him and acknowledge that you are a sinner and you need a savior. And if you are a sinner in need of a savior, he is willing, he is able, and he is ready to save you from your sin. Won't you do it right now? Won't you make that decision right now? And if you make that decision right now, in just a moment, information is going to appear on the screens as to how our ministry can reach out to you and help give you guidance and direction as it relates to next steps. We will welcome you into our global ministry known as the Church Beyond Walls and then seek to give you next steps as you begin in your new walk, your new relationship, your new attempt at a fresh new life. Don't let the opportunity pass you by. The word of God makes it clear. The day you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Beloveds, thank God for this time that we've been able to share today. And I thank God for this opportunity and this privilege to share his word with you. It is my will, but it's got to be the will of God that we'll come back together next Thursday and continue our walk through the word of God as we seek to develop ourselves as better kingdom citizens for the glory and the honor of God. In the way of announcements, don't forget ladies, women's choir rehearsal takes place this evening at 6.30. Certainly would love to see you, need to see you uh, in rehearsal on tonight. Don't forget this coming Sunday is Breast Cancer Awareness Sunday. We will be celebrating and praying for our survivors. And also we invite you, those of you who so desire to wear pink, We invite you to do so in honor of those victors of uh, breast cancer and those who have survived and made it over. They celebrate themselves as survivors. For that cause, we have named this coming Sunday Survivor Sunday. I'm excited about the word that God has given me. Looking forward to the worship that we're going to share together. Look forward to seeing you in that place at that time. God's blessings be upon all of you is our prayer. We pray God's continued blessings and keeping power upon each one of your lives. Join me now in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we say thank you for this time that you've given us to come together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the strength of your word. Thank you that our steps continue to be ordered by your word. God, we only wanna do your will your way. We only want to do those things that bring glory and not shame to your name. So we ask right now, oh God, that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us. Continue to allow our steps to be ordered by you. For these things and so much more, God, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. This is our prayer. We offer it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we praise. Amen, amen, and amen. God's blessings be upon all of you is our prayer. We look forward to seeing you on this coming Sunday. Look forward to being back with you next Thursday for another walk through the book of Colossians. Until such time, continue to be blessed, be safe, be well. And know as always, beloved, we love you all.